This is the Data Privacy Detective. And today we've got news from India. And with us to talk about it is Stephen uh, Mathias, the head of the technology law practice at the great Indian law firm of Kochar and Company. Stephen, thank you for joining us again. Great to be with you again, Joe. Well, news from India. I understand there's a new regulation out about uh, reporting cybersecurity incidents. Tell us about it. Sure. Um, so the uh, what's called the CERT, or the Computer Emergency Response Team, it's a unit of the Ministry of Information Technology. They've issued a directive under uh, India's uh, Statute Information Technology Act. And that has the force of law, right? And, uh, right. Yes, it does. Is it in effect yet, or when, when does it come into force? It comes into force uh, two months after it's been issued, which is uh, June 29th of this year. End of June. And we're now yes. recording this at the end of May. So we've got a month before it's effective. But tell us about it. Sure. Um, so it um, there are essentially four or five things in it. The, the crucial one is the cybersecurity incident reporting. So they're requiring every business in India, uh, going by the definition of uh, what they call body corporate, every business in India has to report cybersecurity incidents to the CERT. They have to do it within six hours of noticing that incident. Six hours, six hours. That's right, yeah. that's right. Well, well, we'll come back to that one, go ahead. <laughs> And uh, they, the rules originally had a list of cybersecurity incidents. They've added to that list. Uh, it's always been an issue over the fact that the list included not just uh, uh, you know, incidents that resulted in breaches, but also all kinds of attacks. Um, so if there's an attack, an unsuccessful attack, then you have to notify that as well. And uh, let, let's say somebody loses a computer at the coffee shop. Uh, is, is that an incident you have to report within six hours? Or is it more attacks by a third party? It's more attacks by third parties. But again, it includes uh, unsuccessful attacks. Unsuccessful attacks. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, the, the, the law itself does not talk about whether it's successful or not, but it does talk about attacks. Um, and, and so the, the, the fact that there may not have been a breach is not something that, you know, the law is actually dealing with. Well, it's certainly at least a reporting requirement. And then, uh, but six hours, uh, and this is the first I have heard of globally for a six hour uh, window uh, within which you have to report to the government about something. Uh, how does this shape up uh, from uh, your experience uh, against global standards, Stephen? Well, yeah, I mean, six hours seems, uh, you know, quite unreasonable. Um, I know GDPR uh, prescribes 72 hours. 72 hours. Our, yeah, and our own draft uh, data protection bill also provides for 72 hours. In my experience, um, when I've been discussing with clients who are, you know, evaluating whether to notify or not to notify, in the first few hours, generally the client is not ready to notify because they don't know what kind of attack has taken place, what systems are compromised, what data is at risk, and so on. So it's very hard to actually notify at that stage. 
And any uh, any business still that talked to more than one person, maybe their lawyer had to say, do we report or not? Six hours, boy, everybody will have to carry their cell phone around. But let me now, now this this goes beyond personal data. Is that right? That's right. So the law has always, the rules have always talked about cybersecurity incidents. It has never talked about personal information of Indian citizens. So the fact that personal information of Indian citizens may or may not be involved is not a relevant factor at all in this law. And so that's another unique aspect of Indian law, because I think by and large data breach uh, reporting worldwide is about breaches of personal information. That's often the, the fundamental source, not that uh, corporate data or government data isn't important, but it, it arises generally, as GDPR does, uh, protecting personal pro uh, privacy, personal data privacy. But as, as you say, India, the, the government now wants to get a report on any uh, attack on, on, a, on a cyber system, sounds like. That's right. Well, uh, okay, let's say one, uh, one uh, reports. Let's say this goes into effect, as it will, uh, end of June. Uh, is CERT there to help a business deal with it? So in my discussions with uh, people in the industry, the general feedback is no. Uh, the feedback, you know, it, when we have had clients report, those have generally been international clients, and their servers have been outside India. And we've specifically stated that we're just providing this as a courtesy and we need no help. But for Indian businesses who have reported, they, I'm not aware of instances where CERT has actually come back and said, we can help you here. Um, and my, my understanding is they haven't. And they probably don't have the personnel to do it. I mean, how, how many, Stephen, do you have some sense of how many attacks go on a day right now in India? Um, I do know this one thing, which is that certain types of online businesses, they face attacks like the ones which are listed here all through the day and every day of the year. Yeah. And so I've, I've had clients come back to me and say, we probably need to set up an automated system that each time we have a, you know, a report of an attack, it gets fed to the CERT, because that's the only way we could possibly comply well, and it, 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 does the attack have to be successful to get reported or any attack? It, it goes on all the time uh, within business. Yeah. So um, that's not mentioned in the rules, nor is it mentioned in this new direction. However, a couple of days ago, they issued an FAQ. And in that FAQ, uh, where the question was raised about how, how do people report you know, these kind of incidents within six hours, then they have referred to certain kinds of incidents, all of which are breaches. But even there, there's confusion over whether that only relates to uh, the six hour window or it relates generally to the reporting. So one way of, of reading it is that if there's a breach, then you report it within six hours. If there's no breach, you still have to report it, but not within six hours. Um, you know, language is not very clear at all. Not clear. Maybe that'll get clarified, but it sounds as though it would cover on its face an unsuccessful attack. Yes, that's right. <clears throat> that, that would be the cautious approach if one wants to comply with the existing wording of the regulation. Well, that yeah. means really that a business is going to have to keep a log. Uh, the, the IT staff of a business will have to keep a log of every attack, it sounds like. Is, that, is this right? 
That's right. One uh, one uh, important aspect is uh, you know these rules have uh, rules have been in place for a while, and this is really making it more comprehensive. But um, companies adopted a more reasonable, balanced approach on whether to report or not to report. But this current direction, you know, it it has language there saying if you don't comply, we will prosecute you under this section and so on. Uh, and so that kind of raises the risks and causes alarm for clients. So there could be civil penalties, possibly criminal penalties, or is it criminal as well? Yes, criminal. Criminal as well. Yeah. Yes, it's a it's a fine of up to a hundred thousand rupees, which is about a thousand four hundred dollars, or imprisonment of up to one year, or both. So if there's a serious matter here, this is, this is serious stuff and businesses will have to get attention to it. Well, why do you think this is, is do you think crypto and the rise of blockchain and NFTs, and, you know, that whole, uh, is that what's driving this, do you think, or would it just be happening anyway? Um, I don't think that's driving the overall thrust of this direction. But there is one provision that deals specifically with virtual asset providers. And essentially there, what they're saying is they need to comply with KYC requirements yes. of uh, various regulators, the, the, the uh, banking regulator or the uh, securities regulator. And that makes uh, sense if you're, you know, if you're looking at tax evasion and you're concerned that, you know, these kind of uh, uh, assets of uh, the sale of them or uh, buying and selling trading of them re results in tax evasion. It's a bit inappropriate for the CERTB to be, you know, notifying this. You'd expect maybe the RBI to do that instead. RBI is a dear central bank. But uh, CERT would be able to share information with the tax authorities of India. Oh yes, yes. So it's not a private uh, filing. Uh, well, what's been the reaction uh, to uh, business? Uh, to, uh, to these new regulations? So um, I, I think the, the reaction is, um, you know, in the, in the press and when it comes to official statements by chambers of commerce and so on, the reaction has been somewhat muted, uh, mostly because I think these changes of commerce, you know, they need to deal with and interact with the government. So very harsh criticism is kind of out of place. Um, if you read the media and if you hear private, you know, comments, then most of it is, you know, it's a it's a disaster from beginning to end. It's impossible to comply with. There's no way we're going to uh, comply with this, and so on. Um, the government actually did come out with some FAQs a couple of uh, days back, and that seemed to kind of allay some of the fears. Um, and in that, when it comes to logs and when it comes to uh, you know, the list of incidents that mandatorily need to be reported within six six hours, they seem to ha have, you know, kind of narrowed that a bit. But uh, language is not very clear. And so there's there's some amount of confusion there. The, the minister made a comment uh, recently that, you know, um, VPN providers who decide they, you know, want to leave India because they have to you know, provide logs and so on. He said, okay, if you don't want to comply, then you can leave. 
Well, that's tough talk, and we'll see what happens. But that leads to my last question uh, about uh, this. Is we, we'll follow this. Let's talk about it again after it's in effect and we see what begins to happen, Steve, and we'll get you back on the podcast. But I, what's going to be the impact, in your view, on India's very robust, very globally important uh, tech sector, uh, BPO organizations, and so on? Uh, especially with global companies that rely on Indian companies to uh, handle and store a lot of their data. What what do you project the impact to be? So um, if you you look at the law and if you also look at, uh, you know, reference a particular section in the FAQs, it's a section that basically gives uh, global, uh, you know, applicability to the statute. Uh, but then it says that it applies where the computer, computer system or network is located in India. So by that, one could take the view that if the IT systems are not in India, the law may not apply. But at the same time, in the FAQs, when we're talking about one of the requirements, which is to have a point of contact in India, then the question was asked if a business has no physical presence in India, but it's uh, serving Indian customers, does it still need to have a point of contact? And uh, the answer was, yes, it does. So um, I think there is still some amount of confusion there. The, the, The one that I think one can reasonably argue out of is where um, you know, an offshore operation may have its assets located outside India, that is the server and the data is located outside India. But more importantly, they're also providing a service that relates to customers outside India. And in that case, there may be a, a, a you know, reasonable grounds to say, you know, most of this law doesn't apply to us uh, because, you know, both the data and the uh, you know the IT assets are, are located outside India, but undoubtedly the one thing one could say is it's caused a lot of alarm, it's caused a lot of um, uh, worry, and uh, you know uh, there's this constant thing that comes up that you know is a particular country as reliable as we think it is, and uh, every time you have a regulation like this, then that doubt is sown in the minds of uh, you know the uh, powers that be in these large multinationals. Um, I would say one other thing that, uh, you know, India is a highly overregulated country. And across different uh, areas of law, you see that. And there's this somehow this belief among global investors that, you know, uh, we don't know how it works, but there is some ma- method to the madness in India. And so um, in in this as well, we're probably going to find some arguments that we think work and could narrow us to a more reasonable way of complying. And if that happens, then perhaps it'll all work itself out. And uh, of course, the world shares the uh, desire to stop attacks and to keep uh, all data secure. That's the one common thing, but achieving that is something else, isn't it? In India, this is a very interesting and a new approach with a six-hour time window. We'll see how it works out. Stephen, thank you very much for taking us on this tour. And let's come back uh, later this year, the year 2022, and see how it's working in practice. Like always, thank you for joining us today, Stephen. Thanks, Joe. Always great uh, to talk with you. And I'll conclude, as I always do, protecting your personal data begins with you.